On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we preview Kansas taking on the Texas Longhorns. The Big 12 title is all KUs, but let's see if they can finish out the season with one more. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Derek Johnson, you can hear me as well on Rock Chalk Sports Talk Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. Give us a good review if you possibly could. On today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks, we're previewing the Kansas-Texas game as KU is officially your Big 12 champs. We knew that after they beat Texas Tech, but what we didn't know is if they were going to win the Big 12 outright, which that has certainly happened because Texas lost to TCU on Wednesday night. So even if Texas beats Kansas, Kansas would win the league by a game. But that means if Kansas beats Texas, Kansas would win the league by multiple games. I mean, there's a chance they could win the league by three games. They were 6-4, and and for a team that you know, was down a couple games at one point in Big 12 play, playing in a, in the most difficult version of the Big 12 that there's ever been. The chance to win by three games, that is absolutely remarkable. And why Bill Self should win Big 12 Coach of the Year. But that's a story for another day that uh, we'll probably talk about the Big 12 awards coming up next week when they come out or maybe right before if they do. First, though, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Kansas takes on Texas. Both these teams are top 10 in Ken Palm. Kansas is 7th. Texas is 10th. Uh, it's 1st place for 2nd place in the Big 12. Top storylines headed into the game. The number one storyline for me is what is Kansas going to do playing-wise? You know, are we going to see... Dewan Harris play 28 minutes as opposed to 35. Are you going to see some of the starters play a little bit less in this game to make sure that, you know, they, they still keep the momentum going forward, that they're still playing, but also, you know, you, you mitigate some of the, the energy and, and the health and some of those things long-term. Now, is there that much of a difference at this point between a guy playing 34 versus 32 minutes? No, probably not. But if he does, if if it is somebody playing 25 versus 35, like that is probably a big enough difference to warrant it happening. I'm a little doubtful it is going to happen because, you know, we know Kansas, like it's not just about the Big 12 at this point. Kansas is competing to try to get the higher one seed. But beyond that, Bill Self has said this before with past Big 12 tournaments that maybe haven't mattered, like KU's already locked up a one seed and it doesn't really matter uh, what, what's going to happen in the Big 12 tournament. And the way Bill Self has basically put it is said, if the ball's going to roll out there, why not just win? Like if we're, if we're going to be playing in the game, why not try to win? He's a very competitive person. And as much as I think that the health of the players and resting a couple guys that have gotten banged up lately, like Dewan and Kevin McCuller would be very helpful for this team. They're also 18 to 22 year old kids who in a lot of cases want to go play in the NBA afterwards where you're going to play three to four games a week. So if you play one Saturday game and then have five days off in between your next game, 
you should be okay. And if the game is close on the road in a competitive environment against a good team, you don't think that Bill Self is going to keep rolling with his guys. So I'm real a little hesitant that you're going to see much energy or, or much rest from, from the guys, but it certainly is a storyline coming in and something to talk about. I think the number two storyline here is KU trying to pad its number one overall seed resume. I think right now Kansas is probably the number one overall seed. At the very least, as we talked about on yesterday's show, it is neck and neck, probably close enough with Houston and Alabama. But if Kansas wins out, it is for sure theirs to be had with the amount of difficult games they have played and will continue to play moving forward and would need to win the Big 12 tournament. And that includes this game on the road against Texas on Saturday. This wouldn't just be a quad one win. It would be a quad one a win, which is the highest tier that you can possibly have. So if you win this game, you pad your resume. And I do think, you know, if if Kansas loses this game and then wins the big 12 tournament, they're still going to have a shot at getting the number one overall seed. If they win this game, and then lose in the Big 12 tournament and say the semis are the final, I also think they have a shot at getting the number one overall seed. Doesn't mean they they for sure will get it because it kind of depends on what the other teams do, but you're still in the ballpark there. I think the one way that they'd have no shot of getting it is if they lose to Texas and they lose in the Big 12 tournament, but it's your opportunity. That means you basically have two tries at it, either beat Texas or win the Big 12 tournament, and boom, Here's a chance to to do just that on Saturday. I think from a Texas standpoint, their top storyline, they're trying to get a bit of revenge and just stop like a recent skid that they've been on. Uh, So Texas, after, you know, owning that that two game lead over Kansas has, I wouldn't say fallen apart down the stretch, but they played a very difficult schedule. Um, They were up two games on Kansas. Then they lost in Allen Fieldhouse. Now the lead was down to one game. They beat West Virginia by 34, but then they lose by seven at Texas Tech. Then they win two straight at home, barely against Oklahoma, and then against Iowa State, they blow them out. Then they lose two straight on the road at Baylor by nine, at TCU by two. They're trying to get back to just a strong level of play. They're trying to get back to a point where they feel like, you know, they're playing at a high level and that, they can recapture uh, the way they were playing through a majority of the Big 12 play into the Big 12 tournament and then further beyond that into the NCAA tournament. That's very big for them. It was also senior night for Texas. This is their final home game for some of their seniors. I think it'll be the final game for Marcus Carr. I believe it's the case for Timmy Allen. I could be wrong that he could potentially maybe have one more year out there. I think Sir Jabari Rice, it's in his final year. So they're going to have some seniors looking to win their final home game. Although, you know, come to think of it, there's not a ton of like, I don't know, program guys. I don't know if Brock Cunningham is a senior now. He would be a program guy. But most of the Texas players that have built this team together, like Tyrese Hunter, transfer from Iowa State, Marcus Carr, even though it's his second year, he's a transfer from Minnesota. Timmy Allen, even though it's his second year, he's a transfer from Utah. Dylan DeSue, it's his second year, but he's a transfer from Vanderbilt. So I don't know how much that'll mean to a lot of these guys, but it means something anytime you stop make a stop anywhere. Like it meant something to Kevin McCuller in his one year at KU. It'll mean something to the Texas players opening up a new building. This will be the first senior night in that building. And uh, certainly the place will be a lot more lively of an atmosphere than it has been in recent years. The Kansas has gone down to Austin, much better atmosphere now with the current arena. It's a smaller venue. gets a little more on you, a little less attendance than the past ones where you just have open seats on open seats. And and I don't know what the attendance is like for, for these games now, but I'd imagine senior night against Kansas, you got a good team. It'll probably be a sellout and crowd will be pretty good for this game. Not Allen Fieldhouse ask, but it'll be good. All right, uh, we're going to get into our Texas scouting report and what happened in the first matchup between these two. But first, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. 
The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one rated sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. You heard me right. I said $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and best of all, it is super easy to use. I mean, I love the interface of FanDuel. It's super easy when tracking your bets. You have the My Bets column. And a lot of times it'll like tell you if you did a same game parlay, like, oh, this guy's 17 points right now. You need him to get up to 25 right now on FanDuel 2. I this probably doesn't help you because it's going to come out on Friday, but it's recording Thursday. But just to give you an idea of some of the great boosts they offer, like you can get Luka Doncic 30 plus points, Kyrie Irving two plus threes, James Harden eight plus assists. That sounds like a lock to me. They boosted it up to 180. And yes, you might not be able to bet on this by the time you hear this episode but I guarantee there's going to be another boost in its place, another good one. You can check out all those boosts. You can make your own same-game parlay, bet on the money lines, the spreads, whatever you like, future bets. I think Kansas can go to Final Four, win a national title. You want to bet on some of the conference tournaments. Who's going to win the tournament? Boom, they've got it all at FanDuel. Don't miss your chance to get $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Kansas takes on Texas on Saturday. Tip-off will be at 3 o'clock. You can hear pregame on KLWN and 105.9 KISS. Actually, just 105.9 KISS at 1.30. KLWN is going to be airing KU women's basketball. And then once the KU women's game ends, it'll uh, go over into the men's game. So um, when you look at what happened in the first matchup, Kansas won 88-80. to That game was in Allen Field. That was high game. It was not a game that Kansas went off from three. They just did it from two point range. It was a really good cutting game. It was a really good driving game for Kansas. They found openings at the rim. They shot 55% on twos on 30 makes. They went just two of 10 from three. They didn't take a lot. They didn't really have to, and they didn't make a lot either. Uh, they shot 79% on a ton of free throws, 22 of 28. Um, both teams got to the free throw line a good amount in that one. And Kansas did a great job on the offensive glass. 14 offensive rebounds. Kansas only got four last game against Tech. They've been, I think, eighth in the conference, only playing offensive rebound rate. But that game, it was certainly up there for KU. They also had 16 assists to just 11 turnovers. Good numbers there for KU against a team that will turn you over a lot with Texas. And uh, when you look at what Texas did, Texas didn't have a great three-point game, six of 19. They did shoot well from two-point range. About 55% of 24-44 got 10 offensive rebounds. They had 15 turnovers, though. And uh, you compare that to just six assists. KU made the Texas offense a bit stagnant. Marcus Carr almost went hero mode, and, and it didn't matter. Carr had 29 points. He was awesome. But also, when KU was able to put Dewan Harris on him, he struggled a lot more. Um, Timmy Allen had a big 18 points. Timmy Allen was also great defensively. He kind of held Jalen Wilson in check. Jalen went just one of seven. He had two points and eight rebounds. You know, Jalen's chomping at the bit to get back at it on this Texas team. Serge Jabari Rice had 12 off the bench for Texas, but just one of five from three. And then the rest of their players kind of struggled to step up. As far as who stepped up for Kansas individually in the first game, it was Grady Dick who had 21 points. He hit both of Kansas's three is outside of him. The team was 0 of 7 from 3. He also had four rebounds and two steals. He had that one play where they went on that long run early in the game. I think he put him up like 30 to 16 when he took that step back three, and the crowd went absolutely bananas in Allen Fieldhouse. He was big time. Dewan was great. 17 points for Dewan with five uh, assists, six rebounds. He also had four steals. Kevin McCuller had 16 points and six rebounds. And then KJ had 10 points for you. Jalen was the one guy who struggled. But if you remember... It was a bench game for KU. Ernest Uday had six points 
and a couple of rebounds. MJ Rice had a bucket off the bench, and Joe Yesifu had 14 points, including that dunk in uh, the late second half. So that's what happened in the first game. KU got up big. Texas came back, and KU pulled away kind of at the end of the second half. Marcus Carr wouldn't let it get too far out of distance at the end, but KU came through with a big-time victory where if Texas won that game instead of you being up two games right now, I think you'd be tied, and then it would all come down to this. But you found a way to win, and you have the conference outright from here. So what, is, what does Texas do well? Well, if we're looking at uh, conference-only numbers, Kansas is the number three offense. Texas is the number five defense. So they've been about middle of the pack defensively in terms of conference numbers. They are 25th in the country overall. Um, Texas has done an excellent job turning the ball over. Second in conference only play in turnover rate defensively. Uh, they're also 50th in the country in steal rate defensively, 19th in turnover rate defensively. They've not been a good defensive rebounding team, though. So as much as Kansas hasn't been a great offensive rebounding team, we saw them get 14 the first matchup. It's been a problem for Texas this year. A lot of times they are playing smaller. Christian Bishop, who's about 6'7", might be playing at the 5. Dylan Mitchell, who's an uber-athletic player and gets a lot of offensive rebounds, struggles defensive rebounding. He's going to be playing at the 4 at a lot of occasions. So there is an avenue, again, for KU to get a bunch of offensive rebounds in a game like this. Um, the Texas three-point defense hasn't been great this year. But again, is that luck? Is it something that they're not doing well? They're not closing out, contesting? I don't know. They're fourth in two-point defense in the conference. You look at the Texas offense, they are second in offense in Big 12-only games. Kansas is second in defense. And so with Texas, um, they don't really turn the ball over a ton, but they, they had a lot of unforced turnovers in the first game, 15 in total. A lot of them were their own accord. A couple others were Dewan Harris just making a great play for KU. Uh, they are the number two offense in terms of three-point percentage in Big 12 only play, but they don't get a lot of easy twos, and they don't make a lot of easy twos. They're just seventh in the conference there. They do shoot well at the free throw line, so just kind of a good shooting team overall, even though they don't always get easy buckets for you, and then they avoid the turnovers. For Kansas, they have the number one two-point defense in the Big 12. You would imagine against Texas, that should hold true, even though the first game, Texas did shoot about 55% from two. You don't expect that to be the case again this time with the way KU has kind of started to lock things down inside the paint and the way that Texas has uh, certainly struggled there in other regards. As far as the lineup that, that Texas is going to throw out there, a majority of the time you're going to see the two-guard looks. Marcus Carr, Tyrese Hunter, two shorter guards. That does give Kansas the avenue at kind of the, the two and three positions because Serge Jabari Rice at the three is about 6'4", but he's kind of slight of weight, 180. Kansas is going to have like a weight or height advantage from those two and three spots that maybe help them with the cutting and driving that we saw in the first game that allowed them to shoot so well from two. You'd expect that to continue, but uh, Hunter is like a streak shooter. He'll have games where he goes over three. He'll have games where he goes like four for five. Good defender. Marcus Carr is just a dynamic guard who can score at any level. Serge Jabari Rice is kind of the knockdown shooter from the outside for them. They'll play a lot of Brock Cunningham, who is kind of their glue guy, like We'll make hustle plays. We'll hit some open threes for you. Timmy Allen is the good kind of four-man who uh, can really make a lot happen in the mid-range, off the dribble, solid defender. And then at the five, I mentioned Christian Bishop. You're going to see Dylan DeSue, who's a bit of a stretch five, but he hasn't you know, been great so far this year. And then Dylan Mitchell is kind of another swingman who can play the three, four, the five. But teams have just not been really guarding him offensively lately because he can't really shoot, but he's a really athletic wing. So he, he poses certain problems, but not... I guess too many in, in certain regards as well coming into this game. Uh, we're going to finish things up here in a second with our matchups of the game. But first, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by Built Bar. 
Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. If you're like me and you want to start eating healthier or, you know, you just like to maybe have a snack that's a little healthier throughout the day, Built Bar is perfect because what makes them so good, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. So you're covered there. You know it's going to taste good. And they have unbelievable flavors too. Uh, how about churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond? They taste like candy bars and they have amazing macros. I'm talking only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, whopping 17 grams of protein. And what's great is you can order them online. You can order them at built.com, which is always a staple for them and always will be at built.com. But you can also get them now in person. They've become so popular that, you know, stores like Walmart and Sam's Club are like, hey, we'll start selling these things. So you can go to your nearest Walmart today. You can get a four bar box of cookies and cream double chocolate or coconut puffs. You can go to your nearest Sam's club, get a 13 bar box and hit up flavors like brownie batter and churro. But again, you can order it all at built.com too. You can thank me later with built bar finishing things up here on this edition of locked on Jayhawks with our matchups of the game. The first one is the Kansas ball handling against the Texas turnover defense. Texas is number two in big 12 only games in turnover rate defensive, uh, numbers defense whatever and uh i think they're 19th in the country in is what i was saying earlier in in that number um so they're really good at it and they have a lot of those athletic guards marcus carr tyrese hunter serge abari rice uh off the bench arterio morris dylan mitch like they have a very athletic switchable fast lineup and so they kind of swarm the ball and they're going to go after it and they're going to really cause opposing offenses trouble kansas only had 11 in the first game I think you'd absolutely take that number here in this game, especially on the road. Dewan Harris has been on an absolute heater with assist to turnover ratio here over the last, what, six or seven games. If that continues, Kansas should be in good shape to win this game. But if this is a number that gets up toward 13, 14, you kind of work to no man land. And then some of the other stuff decides it. Kansas has been pretty good taking care of the ball. Number three and avoiding turnovers and big 12 only play. Uh, we did see that lull kind of in the middle of the season when Kansas struggled. If they hold on the ball, they've been a much better team. That's every team, but. Especially true for Kansas. Um, matchup number two is the Kansas three-point shooting versus the Texas three-point defense. So Kansas is uh, kind of in a bit of a, I don't know, rut from three. They had a really good game against West Virginia. But overall, even including that game where they shot really well, Kansas shot just 31% from three in the month of February. They need that number to get back up. They, they need that number to get back up to 35, 36% as we get into March here. Texas is last in Big 12 only games in three-point defense. Luck, I don't know. Is it something they're doing wrong defensively? Are they leaving too many guys open? I don't know. It could be a little bit of both. But for Kansas, you didn't shoot well against Texas Tech last game, 523. You didn't shoot well in the first game against Texas, 2 of 10. Get going from three in this game and feel like you're starting to, to hit more shots and, and get a little momentum there from the outside headed into the postseason. I think individual player matchups, there's two I'm, I'm most excited for. That would be Dewan Harris versus Marcus Carr. Carr went for 29 in the first meeting. Dewan had the big game with 16, 17 points, and he's been on, as I said, kind of a heater here. Uh, Carr struggled a little bit more when Dewan was, was guarding him. We'll see how much that happens in this game if this is because – at that point in time, KU was still doing the kind of switch five stuff. And then a little bit after that, like recently, we've seen them in some matchups for the teams that, that you know, have the necessity to do this, like the Baylor game or the TCU game, where it's like they have two clear guys, which you would like to eliminate from the game, put Dewan and Kevin on those two guys. I wonder if this is one of those matchups. And you put Dewan Harris on um, 
on Marcus Carr. And then you put Kevin McCuller maybe on Serge Jabari Rice with his uh, three-point shooting ability. Um, I don't know how you'd want to do that or if you just stick DeWan on Marcus Carr and then switch the rest. Either way, that should be a fantastic player matchup once again. The other one is Jalen Wilson versus Timmy Allen. We saw Jalen Wilson win this matchup in the Allen Fieldhouse meeting to finish out the 2022 season when he was excellent for KU coming off the bench when normally a starter, but uh, it was senior day, so they, they started some of the seniors instead. So he came off the bench. He had like 17 and 13. He held Timmy Allen in check. The game before that in Austin, Timmy Allen had a big game, and, and so did Jalen. And then this one, the, the most recent one this year in Allenfield, that was Timmy Allen had the big game. Jalen really struggled. So it's kind of like there's been one draw game and then one-to-one -to, -one to each side in terms of just that individual matchup. Two athletic four-man who can drive it, who can hit mid-range, who can hit some threes, who can defend a little bit. Very versatile players to unlock their lineups. And uh, I, I expect a big bounce-back game from Jalen Wilson. I'm expecting 20-plus points that will bounce back here. But that should be a really fun matchup again between two players who are likely to be all Big 12. In Jalen's case, probably first team. In Timmy Allen's case, I don't know, maybe like third-team pick or something like that. And then the last matchup we have here is bench contributions from both teams. For Texas, Artario Morris or Brock Cunningham, um, you know, uh, whether it's Christian Bishop, Dylan DeSue off the bench, Looking to get some bench contributions there for Kansas. You come off back-to-back -back games where you didn't really get much from the bench, but that was the story in the first time you played against Texas. It was your bench. Joe Yesifu played great. Ernest Uday played great. MJ Rice gave you a couple solid minutes off the bench too. And if going back to our first storyline, if the fact that KU has, has wrapped up the Big 12 and done it outright, if that means any of the starters are going to play less, that means the bench is going to play more which means for you to win this game, the bench playing more has to play better. That's one of the biggest matchups of this game between those two benches and what can KU's provide. That'll do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. We'll be back on Monday to recap the KU-Texas game, and then uh, throughout the week we'll be looking ahead to the Big 12 tournament, maybe some Big 12 tournament awards and further previews down the road. We're getting into the uh, end of the season, into postseason play after this one. But that'll do it for this show. You can check us out wherever you find any of your podcasts. You can find us on YouTube. Subscribe to the show. You can hit me up on Twitter at D Johnson Radio. We'll see you next time on Locked on Jayhawks.